How often we overlook what is programmed in our DNA and get caught up in the things we think we have to do for a desired outcome. It's so easy to forget about the way our ancestors did things. This is Music Spirit and Accountability with J-Hode, Michael Cooper. And yes, I am playing the bass while I make this intro. Alright everybody, welcome back again. Very excited today. So Michael has just come back from an incredible journey, uh, a bit of a sabbatical, um, diving deep uh, into his own uh, mission and uh, going out bush for some time, uh, I guess is one way to put it. Um, Something that really resonates with me and I've been really blessed to travel all around this world uh, touring music. And in between the tours, I'd often have, you know, a week or two of downtime. And especially in touring around Australia, of which I've done, I don't even know how many laps exactly, 10 or 11 or 12, like full laps around the country. And each time I'd try and go kind of further and further out bush on my adventures. And that became kind of so normal for me, being away from people for, you know, five or 10 days at a time, not speaking with people. And these days it's sort of a thing. And welcoming Michael back to reality sort of thing the other day I said uh, I think actually you said to me Mike like wow it's it's crazy I think that some you know a lot of people never get to spend five days by themselves these days out bush and made me think a lot and actually what it made me think about is back in the old days of like the Captain Cooks and that exploring you know the world and not knowing how far how long they were going to be away from their families and their friends if they were ever going to come back so maybe just to strip it right back how were those five days away for you how was that journey mm-hmm. oh, i'm still struggling for words <laughs> um okay so you know it was so a lot of the time I, sp- I remember these stories that we've shared of you being away and being on tour and when i was in that isolation um i remembered you and i was like ah. Oh, you know, Jay's done this, Jay's got through this and that sort of, and all of the people that I've, you know, been mentored by who've gone through it as well. I remembered all of you um, just in those moments where you're like, okay, it's okay. I can, I can get through this. Someone's not before me, but where you referenced the likes of the early settlers who had no one before them, you know, there was no one who actually navigated that path. Um, it was endless. It was this, possibility that we might find land it was this exploration and that's a whole different mindset again like I had this I had five it was 10 days all up but five days in isolation and deep buried deep in the mountain uh, with no food um, but, but they had a months or they had no defined period of when they would end for them and um, so I didn't actually think of that when I was out there I did think about nature-based cultures so the, our own Australian indigenous cultures and the Native American cultures. And this was quite normal for them um, as well, because they actually already live on the land. They're with the land. You know, they step out of a teepee to go on their vision quest. So it's the bridge for us it was that bridging that gap was huge from technology and phone and constantly connected and overstimulation uh, where they're already there partially. Um, 
but you went another level again by bringing in those early explorers. Um, was it Sir, Sir Edmund Hillary? Was that um, Everest? I think so. I think so. Leaning on my history from school. Um, there we go. We found a use for school. Um, yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. None yeah. whatsoever. Um, but yeah, like there was, that was this, uh, we, we don't know where we're going. We don't know how far, how long this is going to take. How, how do you prepare for food in that space? And yeah. how do you ration it out? Um, and so what I was met with was myself at the deepest level. Uh, people say, you know, you, you get to know yourself. Well, this was really getting to know yourself. And I really wonder what it was like for them to get to know themselves because you lose your mind at, at one point, you know, you re that's the whole point of it. You want to lose your little, little self or your little ego. So just, off. just on that losing yourself, right? So one thing that I really notice when I'm out bush or away from, you know, the world is how quickly you start becoming in tune with what's going on around you okay so let's say you start losing your mind or whatever it might be i don't know if it's becoming more unusual or more normal to be honest because you know what starts to happen with those times things like communicating with animals things like hearing you know tuning in with the elements being more in tune with um you know storms and day and night time and shaping your sleeping patterns around these things and the things that you do throughout your day become dictated by the moment and things like the elements and the animals and the weather and all this. Um, so yeah, how does that kind of land with you? Oh, it's bringing back beautiful memories. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for that, brother. Um, 100%, like your connection you become a part of their ecosystem. Um, you're a visitor at this point, not an observer because you submerge deep in it. And there's a beautiful story from Matthew McConaughey in Green Lights, where he talks about he'd done peyote up on the mountain with the shaman and he's made, made his way back down. There was a lion in a cage. Matthew tells it way better than I'm giving it justice right now. He's a, an amazing storyteller. Anyway, he decided, whilst under the influence of peyote, to get into the lion cage with it. He's like, I've done yoga before. I can, I can hold my energy and my vibrational frequency. I think he ended up sitting in the cage for six hours with this lion. Um, the, the lion was not happy initially, and eventually they just nestled in. And, and, they, and I, I found a lot of peace in that because when I was out there, I, I caught onto that memory very early, and I just dropped into the energy of whatever was in front of me. So... I started to see the animals obviously as beings or messengers. But then I also started to look at the trees and the rocks and the plants and the ants all as how can I match my, like Matthew did in the, the lion's cage, how can I match my energetic vibrational frequency to align with you? Uh, there was an experience where I, I found myself talking to a mosquito and um, I'll lose half my audience now. <laughs> and, um, Man, I do that stuff all the time and, you know, normal or weird, you know, who knows what's what, but I, I love it, man. So thank you for, for sharing. Yeah, I well, you know, because I was having a conversation and it kept coming to my nose and I'm like, I can't see you. 
And then I'm like, Ooh, what are you trying to tell me? And I, and it's like kept coming right to my nose and I'd have to go cross-eyed to see it. And, um, I'm like, okay, I get it. There's something right in front of my nose and I can't see it. What is it? Meaning my life. What's right in front of me that I'm not seeing? And I said, look, in the end, I said, look, I, I can't see it. I can't understand you. How about you just land and rest on my finger? And it just instantly dropped onto my fingernail. I was blown away with that. And that happened on two different days, potentially the same mosquito. Um, so yeah, your, your ability to, and I love where, how you said this, like, what is normal is the world we live in normal or is that world normal and i started to really believe after two days that me sitting in nature on a mountain was the, was normal this is how it should be and in this world of society and you know the chaos that we live in that's un the unreal world some people call it the matrix and I, I get I get that it's got a connotation to it as well but that felt very safe it felt very normal I felt like I was at peace so yeah um, and I love that you've had those experiences too um, what was your most um, I guess maybe profound experience when you were in that space um, man there's been so many but I think one thing definitely what you just said about that feeling of peace you know that feeling of peace and it it always takes me a while to land into it it takes me a while to acclimatize into the nature and i would often use those i guess sabbaticals or whatever you want to call it as a time to write music so it would be my place to drop in and let those lyrics channel through let those melodies and um guitar parts, didgeridoo, whatever it might be, come through. And it would always take me two or three days of, I guess, to let go of that feeling like I had to do something. Like I'd be, you know, adjusting tent pegs and, you know, moving the, you know, the, the, the shelter and, uh, you know, moving the van, doing things, getting everything ready. And then on about day two or day three, I'd start to really drop into that. And that's when the magic happens. So even these days, like going away for a weekend camping trip, it's sort of, you know, it's, it's great. And I'll always say yes when I can. Um, but I'd much rather go away for a week or two because just the, it takes me three days to kind of drop into it and um, get into that flow. Um, so that's one thing. I think, um, yeah, just the tuning into the nature you know the, the things that happen the things that you witness the the things that those experiences i guess with the animals specifically it's like mm -hmm. is this really happening is this is this set up is there someone watching me um you know there's communications where you have that time to be like okay i'm going to actually tune into communicating here and it's like it's one thing to say hey kookaburra do you want some food whereas another thing to kind of sit there and like you said align your vibration with that energy and again i've probably just lost some of my audience too but hey that's cool because we're going to attract a whole lot of other people that get it you know and without experiencing it you can't you can't you don't know like anything in life right so it's easy to create an opinion or judgment around it and that's okay but we're talking from living it. Uh, so, yeah, and the inspiration that comes from those experiences with the animals that would then translate into lyrics, translate into stories, translate into 
maybe even inspiring someone else to do it. Like you said, you know, you thought of me when you were on your recent journey and that gave you a little bit of, um, you know, something in that time that you felt you needed. And who would have thought that I would have given that to someone when I was going out bush, you know? Yeah. And, and it was, it's like, um, I guess you were like my first explorer. Hmm. You, you, for me, you'd charted that territory, you'd mapped that road out, you'd been navigated that path, which gave me the hope that like, well, it's been done before. So it doesn't, I'm not breaking new ground here. I just need to cover the ground. Yeah. Um, and I can do that because you gave me hope. Because it's without a doubt, like I, I found it really easy at the time. However, I realized when I got back how hard it was. And why I found it easy is because I had the hope of yourself, Steve, um and I there was a couple of mentors that I had that um Kat and, and yeah Josh there was a heap actually like who'd shared their wisdom and their stories and things to look out for and it made my path a lot easier. That's actually there's something's coming through from me on that is where are your small acts like you going out, Jay going out doing time in isolation in the outback on his own between gigs in your small acts where are you cutting the path for someone else because ultimately unbeknownst to you that's what you were doing for me mm. yeah i think you know i really relate to what you're saying you know even right now especially with you know both of our journeys is creating new paths without knowing why or how or what but just because it's an innate calling that is uncompromisable and then the flip side of that too making that time to make time for yourself to still go out camping for a week you know it's so easy to or, or exercise and all those things that came up um for me and still you know always do you always got to keep checking yourself to make sure you're making that time so I don't know. It's just, it's just in, it's just in you. It's, it's in you. It's in yeah. your DNA. That's yeah. exactly what I'm going to share. So those first explorers we just mentioned passed on through their DNA, this forging and cutting through of the path. And we do that now at like your school for music for autism, your dig course, your singing course, your songwriting course, the way you teach is not, the normal way, mm. like not the traditional school, you know, Trinity method or Suzuki method. You teach it in a completely different way, which is cutting a path for those that wouldn't normally, especially in the school of autism. And there's so much healing there for this population that's not being cared for in that regard or, or educated the way you educate and they're learning and having fun. So it's in you, it's mm. in you. And that DNA was passed on from our forefathers, the Sir Edmund Hillary's. And I guess in our own way, in our own time, um, we're doing our own first expedition as we cut this path. I love that so much, brother. It reminds me of all those stories I've heard about those, um, you know, early explorers and going that way in their boat because they believed there was a country, you know, on the other side of the world or, or a landmass um, on the other side of the world. And, you know, having only a certain amount of food and knowing that they were going to have to catch the food along the way to, to survive. And you always hear that story of fishermen knowing where the fish are, 
and being able to go out to an open sea and being able to feel where the fish are. And to a lot of people these days, that would be crazy. And but that was like a common knowledge of what a fisherman used to be for a lot of these cultures was that guy always finds the fish mm. and that guy, how does he find the fish? It's not necessarily from just, you know, who knows, but it's, it's supposedly a feeling and a sensation and a sixth sense uh, innate ability to be able to go out there, breathe and do what you need to do to get yourself communicating that well to feel where the fish are and like you said it's in you and that landed 110 percent because sometimes i wonder like why am i doing this and it's like <laughs> but it's not i can't stop and i guess it was probably the same for those guys doing that it's like why am i doing this like i'm leaving my wife and my family i may well never see them again to get on a boat with a whole lot of burly men and sail across the ocean uh, with hardly any food to not really know where I'm going, but I'm going to go. Seems yeah. like a great idea. Yes, to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's deep masculinity right there is following purpose. It's a pull on the heart that you can't explain. Yeah. It's, I don't know why it seems like madness, but I'm going anyway and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Therein lies the call, therein lies the initiation. And that's beautiful purpose for masculine men is to be have that heart-led pull and that tug. I don't know why, but I'm going. Yeah. Um, what came through then for me was there's two ways to look at this. When you were speaking and we were looking at those, you know, those first explorers, there was an outcome focus. I'm out here to find land. I have this pull to find land. I'd really love to acknowledge our indigenous cultures who didn't have an outcome focus. Yeah. It was, you know, they created these modalities for us, the vision quest. It was born from their culture and their initiations. And there wasn't to find, conquer, divide or any of those things. It was to be with and one with and connect in with nature and come back a man. Um, so both had different purposes, but I would love to just really take a second to acknowledge those two beautiful cultures. You know, there's many nature-based cultures throughout the world, but those two where I was drawing that lineage from mm -hmm. is the Australian Indigenous and the Native American. Um, Stalking Wolf was the lineage that I, that I was lucky to be introduced to. Um, and Tom Brown Jr., if, if anyone's interested in reading the books, um, sort of articulates how the method was created and what it was done. And it is, it's about going to each of those animals and, and seeing them as your teacher and seeing them as your medicine and just humbling yourself to ask a tiny mosquito, what medicine have you got for me today? How can I learn from you? And for the first time in my life, I looked at plants and rocks as beings. Mm. Never done that. I, it, they were just rocks, but they're, you know, look at rocks being with us for, millions of years they're the ancient ones they're the ancestors plants trees you know some of the trees to my knowledge would have stood just one of the trees 200 years but how i don't know how much longer before that they were standing yeah and and by just submerging yourself in that space and opening yourself up to the possibility of oneness you can you can actually connect in with them and feel them like you said with the fish i could feel the vibration and the answers through the trees. I could understand the rocks. 
Now I just lost the other 50%. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure this week I got rid of everyone. But um, um, I don't want to get rid of you. It's just quite a little joke. I think yeah. it would be the opposite. And I totally get the joke. But I think it would probably be the opposite that people are like, man, I want to go and hang out with a rock. And just, <laughs> yes. you know, because it's true. It's just like it just every time you speak about that stuff, it's just like, oh, I want some of that now. And you know, it's so. I was actually just having a moment thinking about fishing. We went out fishing as we do on the boat on the weekend, and you know, I never take the time to stop and go, okay, where are the fish? Like, I wouldn't even yeah. cross my mind. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to that spot and that spot because I know that they're probably there and follow my GPS and do all the depth sounding. And it's mm -hmm. like maybe I should just, I'll try that next time. Let you know how I go. I'll just forget about all that. Just be like, hmm. And yeah, it's probably sometimes it's. You know, it's possibly that easy and we just completely overlook it and so easy to miss what's right in front of your face. Oh, and, and I'll share an example. One of my mates has bees. He has a, it's, which is something I'm looking at doing is bringing bees onto the land. Um, they're amazing for the, for the, um, the agriculture, the nature, the pollination, the whole thing, yeah. plus the beautiful. But he um, goes down there every day and he only wears the mask some days and most days he's got so used to it that he can change the hive, move the bees around and doesn't get stung. And one day he went down there and um, had a really bad day, very stressful day at work, literally hung up the calls and went straight down to the beehive, got stung 15 times. What was different? His mm. end was different. And so when you were talking about going out into the, the ocean and looking for the fish, if you're not dialed in, if you're not tuned in, if you're not present, the fish aren't going to be there. But the day that you're calm and, you know, not like my mate who'd gone down and got stung 15 times, the day that you're dialed in and you're tuned and you're one with the ocean and the, 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 the creatures of the ocean and all the fish, I'm sure the results would be significantly, significantly different. Yeah. And they would be with your music. If you're stressed and anxious and thinking about things that are not working, your intuitive music will, you know, we've had some notes that we and I've played that were like crunchy, we call them. Mm. Other times it's like this oh, mind-blowing, free-flowing honey that's just succulent and luscious and sweet. Um, and, and that would be the same, you know, when we're not in tune with ourselves or with the, the things around us, things get crunchy, things get, we get stunned. Um, so how can in those moments, can we settle in and just go take a moment It's like, Where are the fish? Mm. We just ask the question. And when you dialed in, the answer comes. So it comes. Mm. Oh, I love that, brother. Let's pick it up there in the next episode of, of how you practice tuning in and how I practice tuning in. I think that could be really potent. Mm, I definitely agree. It doesn't take long, but let's chat about it to, uh, next time. Till then, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. And we love you all, appreciate you all. Thank you for all the beautiful feedback and fuels for us to keep doing what we do. Um, please reach out if there's anything we can ever do for any, any of you listening right now. And uh, wishing you all an incredible day ahead. Much love, guys. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Jane.